So the philosophy has evolved now to a bigger scale, I would say, than what I had when I was at New Chapter or when I built New Chapter, which is what I'm calling now true holism, which is integrating all of these, not just what exists in a plant and with and between plants, but also to embrace what's going on between all of the kingdoms. If you don't recognize that voice, you're sure to know the company Paul Schulich mentioned, New Chapter, a groundbreaking supplement company. He's on to new things now with his company for the biome. And today, on Fodder, I chat with him about that, learn about some of the latest lessons learned from the plant kingdom, and get a little philosophical about that world, ours, and how they intersect. This is Fodder, the podcast offering food for thought for natural products industry professionals. Fodder is brought to you by New Hope Network's Escobono platform and is underwritten by 301 Inc., the Giannuzzi Group, Healthy Lifestyle Brands, Morningstar Farms, Stonyfield Organic, Unilever, and Whipstitch Capital. Enjoy the conversation. So, Paul, 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 where do we start? <laughs> uh, I'm here today with Paul Schulich. Uh, if you don't know his name, you certainly know the well-known supplement brand he started in 1982, and, and that's New Chapter. I think back then he led a revolution in the natural products industry. And Paul, today, I'm certain you are with your latest project. And that project's for the biome. Uh, it sounds so on trend, uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I want to say you're probably ahead of your time again. Can you tell us what, what this for the biome sure. is? Sure. You know what's interesting, Christine, is I'm, I have noted that people... I'd say in our industry especially, appreciate the word microbiome. Um, but what's interesting is even in our industry, when I use the word biome, um, many people still associate it with the microbiome. And, um, and so when I say, well, in your mind, what is the definition of biome? They immediately reflexively go to the microbiome. And so they'll say, oh, you mean what's going on in your gut? And I said, I say, yeah, th that's a, a piece of it. But there is also that microbiome that's also around you, uh, surrounding you. Uh, that's uh, also a unseen microbiome, but a biome by definition at least a, a uh, artistic rendition of it, is a community. Uh, and that community, when you associate it with micro, it's the unseen community. And so we don't see uh, the community that exists within us uh, of the trillions of life forms, the viruses, the bacteria, the fungi, they're all like living in somewhat of a state of harmony uh, to uh, to coexist. Um, but what's interesting is, and even in myself, Christine, I was uh, I was surprised. I would say I knew there was a microbiome of the skin a couple of years ago, even 10, 20 years ago, but I, I wasn't as aware of just how uh, impactful, it's just as impactful 
as the microbiome exists in our gut. And in fact, what I learned, which was really remarkable, is it's even more diverse than the microbiome in your gut because you have all these different environments on your skin. Uh, some are like the rainforest and some are like the desert. And so the ones that are like the desert grow a different type of, of uh, community, a different type of microscopic community. And then I started um, going into kind of a deep philosophical uh, state of mind where I started realizing that there was all of this unseen worlds and especially things like viruses and how they would interact and their DNA would interact. And I was always aware that there was more DNA or there was more life forms uh, that were not human cells, but I had no idea it was quite as dramatic as it is, especially when you, when you drill down into DNA. Once you start drilling down there, you start saying, oh my goodness, you're talking about hundreds if not thousands of times more DNA that's not us, that we are walking around with. Uh, and we take ownership of, but that's hubris. And then I started in that state of, of, uh, of uh, awe, I started realizing that um, the fundamental belief systems that I was holding after reading, especially after reading works like Harari in, uh, in Sapiens, I started realizing that, well, how does this belief system affect all my other belief systems of this unseen world? And then I realized that I am co-evolving with all this other DNA that's in me and on me. And that's where Darwin became kind of uh, old news to me and an old belief system. And I realized the whole competitive uh, human-centric notion that the earth and universe revolve around me was was it was absurd. And in reality, a new theory of evolution that I just became aware of, but was actually in Genesis for about 20 or 30 years, uh, called the hologenome, I realized that there was a whole new theory of evolution that made a lot more sense than the Darwinian theory of evolution. But again, just like the word biome and just like the word evolution, if you think of, well, uh, think of a scientist or think of the theory of evolution, everybody thinks about Darwin, but they don't realize that's a very limited view of, of evolution. So true holism, which is a, a, a foundation, like I used as um, when I was, uh, when I was uh, building New Chapter with a team of great people, I realized that, the, um, that, that I used to refer to the, uh, the, the botanical kingdom as having a wisdom of nature. And so that became my, my, uh, my, uh, my battering ram, I, I guess, or my, uh, or my, uh, my shield and my statement to the world, the wisdom of nature, which is why you don't want to use an isolated pharmaceutical like, um, salicylic acid that may have been derived from meadowsweet or uh, willow. Instead, you want to use the whole plant because there's wisdom in nature. 
So the philosophy has evolved now to a bigger scale, I would say, than what I had when I was at New Chapter or when I built New Chapter, which is what I'm calling now true holism, which is integrating all of these, not just what exists in a plant and with and between plants, but also to embrace what's going on between all of the kingdoms, the, um, the five kingdoms, the animal kingdom, the plant, the botanical kingdom, the algae kingdom, the animal kingdom, and the microbial kingdom, and looking at all of these kingdoms as a uh, interrelationship. And that is part of a biome, a large community that is all interacting with each other and interdependent upon each other and that nothing exists in isolation. And it's only when we think that we are isolated that we run into the greatest, um, we, we lose so much of the power of nature. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll pause for a moment or I'll close this, this uh, overview with just one of my favorite uh, aphorisms from the traditional Chinese uh, parables, which is that uh, where there is connection, there is no pain. And where there is pain, there is no connection. And it's a particularly uh, evocative uh, statement in the times that we're living in. The New York Times had a statement today called, or opinion paper today called the isolation paradox. And here we are isolating ourselves to prevent a further infection, which clearly has its wisdom, but the, we must be aware of the downside of that, which is that we are fostering one of the greatest risks to humanity, which is a sense of loneliness or a sense of isolation. So our enterprise for the biome is designed to bring connection, to bring, uh, to integrate all the different forces of nature that can uh, bring healing to the world. How does that sound? Boy, I felt that in my heart. Doesn't that statement just cut to the core and of oh, so much? Yeah. So my silly question, though, then is... <laughs> I doubt it's silly, though. Yes. is as you're developing these products as you're looking at this future yes give me that is is this you know all philosophy is it science uh, you're a little ahead of the science i know you're big on the philosophy what is yes. it oh uh, so it's as far it's a brilliant question and and um it reminds me of something that uh the great uh, scientist einstein would have said is that uh the science and 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 God or science and wisdom, uh, off they they find a way to intersect. The deeper you go into the into the miracle of nature, the more you understand the science of nature. So either way, you can get there. And in terms of formulating products, it's um, it, if you're looking at any one of the kingdoms, uh, if you look at uh, uh, you, any one of them, you like, for example, my mind first went to the animal kingdom. Look at look at at the at the honeybee, the Swiss bee, for example, or the the bee that produces the manuka honey. There is a there is a incredible healing wisdom in that in that uh, in that process. We have we have 
appreciated it since the beginning of time, the power of honey. And other animals also appreciate that, that there is this great wisdom. So humans, if we, if we do it with great respect and with sustainability, we can harvest these gifts from nature and we can bring healing to ourselves. So honey is widely regarded as one of the most healing of all foods. It is a gift from the animal kingdom. It's a gift from, from, the, from the honeybee. And, uh, and if, again, if those resources are used mindfully, then they can bring great healing to, to the human being. Uh, each kingdom has examples like that. And I have, um, I have done, used my, my experience over the decades to, to, uh, to realize or to appreciate where might those best uh, candidates lie to help humanity find greater healing. And so if I think of, if I think of skin, for example, Christine, and I think of healing of the skins, there's probably two agents that would probably, for many people, especially in our trade, that would come to mind. Um, one would be aloe, and another would be oats, and maybe even another would be chamomile. So let me use those three as an example. Is that okay? Yes. So in the case of aloe, uh, aloe, uh, it, it, it's like it's it's so um, it's like honey. It, it, it's so it's so palpable in that. Oh my goodness! It's it's like when you had your first glass of vegetable juice. You just you just freshly extracted vegetable juice. It just felt so good going down. You just knew that something good was happening. You had that first taste of honey. You just knew that something good was going. So when you first broke for the first time that leaf of aloe and you and you moved it on your on your hand, whether it was burned or irritated or just plain um, just uh, untouched, you soothing. It just was so soothing when you put the aloe on your hand. So now here's the science: is that there are certain polysaccharides that are in aloe at certain um, at certain weights that have the most activity, um, but you don't want to isolate them. But you want to be sure that your formulation captures them. Of course, you want to be sure that your product is grown in a, organically and in a world where there's immense chicanery. So, for example, with reishi, recent articles have postulated this as much as three out of every four products that pro that propose that they are reishi are not even reishi. So you, you, we must be sure that we're providing aloe and that aloe must deliver a minimum amount of healing polysaccharides if you're going to promote it as a healing formula. And so what what we do um, is we take a botanical like aloe and we say, okay, there's great wisdom in it, but how do we how do we make sure that we're getting the absolute best that nature has to deliver? And then how do we make it potentially using human ingenuity and intelligence? How do we make it even better? And so what what we 
And and by the way, you could buy a certified organic aloe for fifty dollars a kilo, and uh, and so starting out with a certified organic um, polysaccharide marked aloe can cost upwards over two hundred dollars a kilo. So you start with that, and then you make certain that that aloe is in fact aloe, so you have a certification that it is uh, certified as a as an aloe formulation with the right level of or minimum level of active components, and that's been grown sustainably and reliably. And then on top of that, we then measured that material in science. This is again relating back to your question, Christine. Is it's like where does where does science and philosophy uh, in, intersect? We then take that aloe and we measure it using, uh, using uh, different cell mechanistic ways of determining how does the cell respond to this. So for example, um, for antioxidant capacity, how good is that, is that formulation at, at, uh, at uh, collecting or trapping uh, potential unstable molecules called free radicals? And we measured our formulation before the process of microbial interaction or fermentation. And then we measured it afterwards. And it was quite active before, but it was even more active after. And that is the gift of, of the combination of, the, uh, of where science and, and nature intersect. And I think that's what we do with aloe, we do a similar process with oats. Oats have compounds called, like aloe, aloe has its polysaccharides, oats has its avimithromides, turmeric has its curcuminoids, and none of these things act in isolation. So the, the oats have these compounds that have been, and I did not know this a few years, until a couple of years ago, Christine, oats have these compounds which is why, partially why they're so incredibly soothing and healing, they have these compounds called avinothromides. And those compounds are accentuated when you sprout the oats. So what we do is we don't just use regular certified organic oats, we use certified organic oats that have been sprouted. And again, because we um, appreciate the power of the microbial kingdom and our history, using the microbial kingdom, we use a number of strains of microbes to enhance those oats so that we make them even more active. So we use plantarum and rhamnosus and longum and saccharomyces, and we thereby elevate or, or amplify the oats activity. And so what we're doing is we're taking we're looking for the best that nature has to offer. And then with as little um, hubris as possible, we're doing the best that we can to amplify it. And, um, and that is, um, it's like a turning a, a, a the, the last example would be chamomile. So chamomile, we're not fermenting, um, or at least we're not fermenting in, in, our, in our shield formulation which is the, uh, the last step in, in protecting the skin um, from environmental assaults like uh, UV uh, or blue light radiation and 
uh, oxidative stress and sitting in front of the computers. And so um, chamomile is one of the herbs that I've always been in love with um, since uh, since I, my early. It's always been my one of my favorite herbs. And um, and again, it, if you look at humanity as a as a test, what you see is is that oh, I want a soothing breakfast, I'll have some oatmeal, or I want to put something soothing on my skin, I'll have some aloe. Well, if you want to have something that will help you sleep at night, that's a tea, then the most popular tea in the world to help you sleep at night is chamomile. And there's and so here's again where science intersects with um, with our personal experience in this case, which is, well, how do we make chamomile even better, how do we find the best chamomile and then make it better? And so in our case, what we do is we, uh, we extract it. Uh, if, you're, if you're not gonna make a tea, um, which is beneficial, of course, but if you wanna use it therapeutically, you wanna extract it without the use of any harsh solvents. So we use um, supercritically extracted carbon dioxide at certain temperature and certain pressure and then we release the gas and you're left with a extract which has no heat basically and no solvent stress. And it captures the highest levels of bisabolols, which are incredibly healing compounds and soothing compounds uh, to the skin. So these are three examples, the aloe, the oat and the chamomile from the botanical kingdom where we take the best of what we can find and then in our judgment, make them even better. How does that sound? Great, that sounds great. And we dove right into what's inside the bottle yes. and how you're working with that. And we haven't even told people yet, what are you producing these days? <laughs> what, what... <laughs> right. I can get lost in the, I can get lost literally in the weeds. Um, so, but they're not weeds, they're the herbs and the algae and the, so, so what we are producing is a line of topical products um, that are designed to help nourish and to uh, communicate with uh, the language of your skin. We we uh, we say speak your skin's language, and um, and your skin has its human cells and it also has its surrounding microbiome cells. So we have done research on, for example, all three of our products, all three of our categories of products are our powders, our sprays, and our, 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 our serums all deliver um, agents which are shown to, uh, to nourish and to help facilitate uh, the biodiversity of the, of the skin's microbiome, which means that it communicates also uh, even better with the human cell. So um, that is what we are producing in the seven products the um that we are creating for the biome and those recently just came to market yes we just released them about two weeks ago great and so we're talking here the middle of march and you started this project was it about two, about uh, almost two years ago so you've been a busy guy <laughs> i have 
this has been my version of retirement. Um, it's, it's, the, it's, yes, I have been, our team and building a great team. We meditate together every day at 1130, which is part of the idea of connection. We, uh, we use cards that, uh, that my daughter Rosie has created a line of products called Rosie's Wonders Connection Cards. There's an article in that article today in the New York Times that talked about the dangers of loneliness and um, that, that it's, it's about equivalent to smoking about 15 cigarettes a day. Um, it's very dangerous to our blood pressure, to our um, cardiovascular health, to our spirit. And um, so what we're doing is facilitating uh, communication within our team of people as well by all uh, meditating together. My wife, Barbie, who's my co-founder here, she um, she leads us in meditation each each day, and then she also leads a meditation um, on Wednesday for a, a larger audience. I was going to ask about that. She's you're you're broadcasting that. We are, and you are more than Christine. Christine, you would be a perfect um, candidate to to tap in. It's I think you'd really get a, a sense of. The, uh, the heart and soul of our mission through Barbie. Yeah, that's great. So again, it's it's beyond the bottle too. It's all these beautiful ingredients going in the bottle, but then it, you're really, as a part of For the Biome, finding that way to go ex- well beyond a product. Well, and then for every $100 that, that, a, that, a, that, we, that a customer purchases, $3 of that will go to the, the, the housing uh, and to uh, climate justice, and to empowering women. And so that was a, a major motivation for Barbie and for me to help support the, uh, the, the, the biome at large. And you've also talked about kind of this, you have the, the great triangle uh, illustration, and I'm trying to remember each of the piece, but, pieces, but I feel like transparency is an important side of that triangle. Can you talk about that? Yeah, uh, what we're what we are uh, bringing people to the uh, to the sources where we are obtaining our products, whether it's the astaxanthin in Israel or the uh, the oats in or I'm sorry, the mushrooms in California or the um, or the aloe in, in Mexico. We're doing our our best to communicate and to bring the the. The, the consumer to be in direct connection with where the products are coming from and and then essentially giving an idea of how much we pay for these products so that um, the consumer is aware, like if you're buying a, a, a skin cream on the marketplace that costs six, seven, eight hundred dollars, um, you want to understand all the ingredients that are that how could you justify that? Um, and it might be hard for some to justify a $600 cream. In our case, I think we can justify it because we spend close to $7,000 a kilo on our vanilla, and we use the, the finest, as I said, uh, chamomile, aloe, oats. Everything is, is, um, is, is of the most profound healing capability. Mm-hmm. And so how are you bringing this transparency to life? I, I assume it's not just, you know, one of the old QR codes. Yeah, right. So it's going to be on our website. You'll be able to read about our ingredient and basically what it's costing and and then also uh, it's, it's sourcing as well. 
And you know, Paul, I just find amazing. You, you led innovation at New Chapter Formulation. You've always had your hands deep in that for what, 35, more than 35 years? Uh, started in 1982 and, and ended in 2016. So that's 18, that's um, 34 years. Got to do yeah. some math here, right? How, how is there <laughs> right. anything left to create? What, give give uh, us an idea of what, what goes on in your mind. How are you always innovating? Well, it, it, a lot has to do with what nature is calling. And, um, and I, I was going down a track of looking at, uh, at because I will be delivering uh, nutraceuticals again in July or or. I am probably more like September, October, November, I'll be delivering nutraceuticals again. Um, but I would go down one path and then uh, like, for example, the, uh, the coronavirus uh, story has emerged and clearly humanity is looking for a deeper immunity uh, solutions. And so um, that encourages me to see how I could apply my my craft, I look at myself a little bit like a chef, Christine. Um, I make I basically make special meals, and um, and they, I I like to think that they have helped people through the through the years. And so what I'm doing now is I'm basically uh, looking at what nature is calling and and then um, responding as 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 well as I possibly can. Well, you have been a master at it. How do we, how do we other natural products companies do that as well? Yeah, I, 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 think, I think the best thing that people can do uh, who are looking to innovate is that they can check in with their, with, check in with their, with their heart. I, I, like I mentioned earlier, we we meditate every day as a team and in that meditation larry dossi wrote a beautiful book called the one mind and in the one mind you basically connect with what the greatest um callings are and as innovators we can check in with that calling by by uh, listening basically it's, it's re we really need to just simply listen. And in that listening, then the products will emerge that, that will come from that. And I always believe this, Christine, that, and I believe this when I started making products, or I started in the natural products industry uh, 40 years ago in 1979, 41 years ago. Um, I, I started realizing that as long as I keep my intention to help other people clear and pure, I would always be taken care of. I wouldn't necessarily um, be rich, but I, or in the sense of having lots of money, but I would always be well taken care of. And that is what has happened. I, we, we became very, in our society's perspective, successful, but ultimately, we were just doing the right thing by creating the best possible products that we could. Excellent. And in the end, you did have what a lot of natural products entrepreneurs dream, a, a little bit of an exit, right? <laughs> yes, 
Exactly. What what might you have learned or how might you be approaching this this new company uh, differently? What What's the future for For the Biome? It, it, it's really to um, it's a beautiful question. The, the, the vision of touching as many people as possible with the, with the, the philosophy of true holism and the, and the sense of connectedness, the sense of, of oneness. That, that is what I'd like to bring these kingdoms together so that people can have more healing because ultimately we are not separate beings and that your pain is my pain and that my joy is your joy. And so if I can bring the joy that the botanical kingdom manifests in aloe and bring that to you, I therefore get a response that says, oh my goodness, I have I, my skin feels so much different than it did yesterday. I feel something different is happening. That brings great joy to me. And that ultimately is the communication that happens on a microscopic level and it happens on a macroscopic level as well. And that's something we all in the world need. Oh, it's it's desperate right now. And and that's why anxiety and depression and all those other manifestations of disconnection are, it's just calling us to look deeper for connectedness. Yes, I think that's a great place to end with those thoughts today. And I look forward to catching up as the year goes on and you release more products. Thank you so much, Christine. You've been such a joy to speak with. Fodder is powered by New Hope Network's Escabona platform. Visit escabona.com to check out 2020 programming. Thanks again to our underwriters, Rio One Inc., the GN Newsy Group, Healthy Lifestyle Brands, Stonyfield Organic, Unilever, Whipstitch Capital, and Morningstar Farms. Morningstar Farms has been spreading plant-based love for more than 40 years, and in that time, you learn a few things, like how to make a plant-based protein that looks, cooks, and tastes like meat but isn't for its new incognito lineup, or how to take plant-based snacking to the next level with vegetizers. These bite-sized dunkable classics like popcorn chicken and pepperoni pizza bites are totally delicious and completely vegan. After 40 years of moving plant-based foods into the mainstream, Morningstar Farms isn't new to the game, it made the game what it is.